today on The Breakdown. The Magician and the Poker Brat get into it in a big-time cash game spot. One will live. One will walk away defeated. Who will it be? How is it going to go down? You're going to find out right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. That felt a little Highlandery. Thank you. You know, I, I was watching the first two episodes of Glow on Netflix, which is, of course, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. And I think maybe it uh, got a little caught up in oh, it. Oh, you did? Bit. Yeah. You know? Well, I prefer Highlander to fake stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Highlander, Highlander is real. Highlander is real, man. It's a documentary. Fun, fun quick story about Highlander. Go. St. Patrick's Day, 2010. <laughs> I was watching Highlander with... Our friend, Max, and uh, we were watching it on his computer, and it was St. Patrick's Day, so we were drinking, and it was the morning, <laughs> and we were watching Highlander, and I spilled water all over his computer, and it broke. <laughs> That's the story. <laughs> I bought him a new computer. It cost $1,200. I was unhappy. 1200 I guess yeah. that was back when computers cost money. Yeah. Uh, was it a Mac? It was a Mac. They yeah. always, they're so expensive. Uh, yeah, I never really watched Highlander ever. Well, now you should, because now you no. know the story. Doesn't Highlander start with like a big fight in a parking lot or something like that? In I don't know. Your parking garage. I don't remember. It was a bad movie. It's pretty terrible. It was a bad movie. This Rucker is a Howard? poker show. Rucker Howard. <laughs> this is a poker show. Maybe we could talk about Rucker Howard for so a this second, is a, though. Okay. This is an episode of The Breakdown where Phil Hellmuth might come out looking pretty good. Let's not make any promises. I said might. Keep. I said, You're what kind of a promise? Your mouth is writing checks, your body can't cash. What kind of a promise is the word might? I think there's an implication there. <laughs> I mean, there's some things we like about what he does, right? That's yeah. for that's for sure. For sure, there are some things we like about what he does. Absolutely, that are actually not like standard easy things that everybody yeah. does. Even that's right. true. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, like and enough so when we watched the video, I was like, "Oh, I really like that he did that. That's really cool." And you were like, "Yeah, that's good." Yeah. So that was pretty neat. Right. So that's unique to the breakdown, perhaps. Will he come out ahead on top? We shall see. We'll find out. No promises. This hand was suggested by Zappo. Which yeah. is a sweet name. Oh, my god! Except maybe the shoe company is going to sue him. I don't know. Yeah, Bring it on, I say. Yeah, if it's worth it. Maybe you should sue the, the shoe company, Zappo. Maybe he was Zappo before they were Zappos. Yeah, I mean, he probably was. Yeah. He was Zappo probably before there was an internet or at the very birth of it. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I've, that's what I've been thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. Should we get into it? Yeah. Are we going to get into it? I'm ready. Okay. So it's a big game, and uh, from our context clues, we find out that it's the first hand of the session of the big game. By so, context clues, you mean, I think Joe Stape says, like, here we go, it's the first hand, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, so the big game is, if you don't know, it's 150 hands per five-day session, which is really not a five-day session. It's a one-day session for the players, but five-day for the viewers. Yeah. So it being the first hand might affect things a little bit. I don't know. People yeah. tend not to want to go nuts on the first hand. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Also, it, we got Tony G and Phil Helmuth there, so that's cool. We egos also, are a, are a flame, bro. Eagles. Egos. Oh, egos are a flame. They're a flame. What does that mean? Egos are a flame. Okay, I, I can get from the context clues what yeah. you mean. No problem. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? Yeah, that was great. Yeah. So we got those two guys. We got Antonio. We have other famous people, but I can't remember who they are. And they are certainly our garbage humans. I know that. There's always garbage humans. You know what they're not doing? Wearing the garbage human T-shirt. Oh yeah, which is a big mistake. Big mistake. You should go on Amazon get a garbage. Human we have t -shirt. garbage human T-shirts. Go buy them. Yeah, that's all. End of story. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to the hand. Okay. So it's two hundred, four hundred. Always is on the big game, cash game. Of course, everybody has a hundred k. That's what you buy in for. Right. Um, because so, it's the first hand, and Phil Hellmuth is plus one, which is also the hijack because it is a six max game. Right. 
and he decides he's going to take control of the table from an early setting. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. I'm doing voices. Yeah. We Okay, so a little context clues for the listeners here. Uh, a couple days ago, Jonathan and I drove back from oh Vegas. My God. We drove from Vegas to Portland. It was about a 16-hour drive. Guess who did all of the driving? I did all of the driving. I did none of the driving, guys. I highly recommend that in a 16-hour drive if you can get away with anyway, it. Anyway, when you're on a 16-hour drive with somebody starting in the morning and ending <laughs> at 2 in the morning in your final destination, you end up getting weird, you know, talking about weird stuff. <laughs> so we end up doing, like, characters and voices and stuff. There was so a lot of stuff I'm still kind of stuck in that mode right now. Yeah, that's cool. That's <laughs> yeah, it's cool. hard to get out of it. Um, I think we're actually going to have a new segment, which may debut on this show. We'll oh, see. you think so? It's got a chance. It's got a chance. We'll, we'll find out. All right, based on one of the voices. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, yeah, things, you know, road trips. All right, so Phil Hummus decides to take over, right, right away. And he, he says I mean, to the dealer. He just raises. He says pot. How much is that? Because it's a pot limit preflop. Okay, fine. That's, okay. It's a big raise. It's a big raise, but there's antes. It's not. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Right. Well, he has Ace of Hearts, Six of Diamonds, and he makes it pot, which is two thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, that's you know, it's not that good of a hand to be potting it with in the first hand. I mean, he should just throw this away, probably. But who cares? It's fine. It's fine. But that's what happens. He does yeah. that, and maybe because he potted it, maybe because it's the first hand, Antonio decides in a six max to flat with two jacks out of the small blind. Yeah, I think it probably is a first hand thing much more than a pot thing. Honestly, this goes back to what you're saying. Like people tend to play a little more careful because you just don't want to go broke on the first hand where you don't you don't know how Phil's playing yet today and all right. that kind and of stuff. And it hurts so much to like reload after one hand. I mean, uh, like, if you're Antonio, I mean, you don't have to go broke with jacks, but if you three bet, it's sort of absurd to three bet fold, especially in a pot limit game. You kind of can't. Yeah, but you're going to be putting in like 20k before the flop or something, maybe more actually. So it's just not it's not ideal. So I, I, I think calling's fine, but I'm a big call preflop kind of a guy. Right. Personally. I mean but we are six max. I think there's a bigger yeah. argument for three betting in a six max. No question. Yeah. No question. Right. So anyway, Antonio decides to flat, which it's fine. The problem I think the main problem with it is that a hundred percent of the time now Tony G in the big blind is calling. I don't I think mean, he has a folding range at this point. I completely disagree with that. But I mean clearly he's gonna fold some like the bottom fifteen percent of his hands, right? I he's guess just, maybe. But Phil opened. Tony wants to destroy him. I understand that, but Tony's not gonna call with Antonio in the hand too with eight three offsuit. Come on. Maybe not, but he's gonna call any two suited cards now. Yeah, of course he is. He probably should. I agree. And yeah. I'm not saying it's just because it's Tony, but Tony's going to have a wider range than your average player, especially when Phil pots it on the first hand and, and Tony just wants to wreck Phil. Like, so, yeah, so I mean, bad. Antonio calling makes gives Tony a better price, and he gets to close the Like, action. Tony's so calling gonna... with 7-10 offsuit here, right? Uh, yeah, I think he is. But and he's, most not players... with, he's not calling with 5-10 off. Probably not. No way. Probably not. 6-10 is like a maybe. I think he's folding 6-10. I think 7-10 is the bottom of his 10s. All right. Well, the general point I'm making is you don't knock out the third player in the that is, And that is true. You don't isolate, and that is potentially problematic. Right. But whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and Tony's in the big blind, Tony G. And he has 9-6 of hearts. And this is, of course, in the calling range. And that's what he does. He calls. And mm-hmm. he wants so badly to break Phil Humuth. But he won't have the opportunity in this hand. Sorry. It's going to end up being Antonio and Phil. I mean, you just spoil everything. I don't know why. You could just tell the story, but no, you have to always... And I want you all to know, at the end, Bruce Willis is dead. I know we just started this story, what? but Bruce Willis is dead at the end of the movie. Which movie? Um, Die Hard? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he lives in those ones. But he's dead the whole time. Oh, that's in, what I'm saying. Oh, that's why it's called Die Hard. Yeah, he's hardly dead. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's perfect. All right, so after pre-flop, the pot is 6,600 U.S. dollars. The flop is 10 of spades, 10 of hearts, 8 of clubs. No overcards, but right. slightly scary that there's two 10s for Antonio. I mean slightly, but it's pretty good. 
it's a very bad flop for Phil's hand. A six offsuit. It's good for Tony G's range. It's good for it's good for everyone's range, but it's probably best for Tony's range. Honestly, yes. when Antonio flats out of the small blind, he has some tens, but not a huge amount. Yeah, Tony has all the tens. Tony has a lot more. As you're saying, Tony has ten seven off. No one else does. Right. right. Yeah. He has ten deuce suited. Nobody else does. Right. Yeah. Um, so. Antonio decides to do something a little unorthodox here. He decides to donk. Yeah. Again, it's 10-10-8. He's got two jacks. Yeah. Uh, suits aren't going to play into it. He donks $4,400 into the $6,600 pot. What are you thinking about this? I like it. I've been a big proponent of donking. And he's strong here. I mean, this is not like trip strong, but this is a pretty darn strong hand in this spot, right? It I is. like donking because this is a great candidate for a check around. Type of thing where, as we're just saying, Tony's got all the tens. It's going to be really hard for Phil to bet if the two blinds check. So I expect Phil is often going to check it back, and then Antonio's just going to be giving a free card to the whole world. Antonio also defines some ranges by betting here. Not so much Phil's, but Tony's range. Like if Tony decides not to fold, that's going to tell Antonio a lot, right? Yeah. Once Antonio bets, because Tony has to have a pretty strong range to continue here. It could just be a, like a jack nine or something, although it's hard for him to have a jack, I guess. Yeah. An eight, an eight set. What, what would it be? Uh, nine seven suited or something, or off suit even for Tony G. But those would be sort of the very bottom at this point, maybe queen jack. But there, there's not a lot that Tony is going to have here that like we're going to know a lot more about Tony's hand let me say if we donk here and also we get to make sure free cards don't come right so I kind of like that I I understand all of the points you're making I just think in a traditional sense um I think three-way donking flops are are wetter flops than this usually and usually unpaired boards it feels better to do it on like a jack eight seven two heart board or something like that when you flop well or you flop a combo draw then you can have a more balanced range uh that's a fair point um I mean, Antonio's near the very top of his range here. Right, he's but he's still top, in a spot obviously. where it kind of sucks when he gets action. Right. That's the one thing is he has to be very careful once he gets action. Yeah. Uh, because he's out of position, too. So he's going to sort of like things could get screwed up. But I think what he's trying to do is sort of take the first step of defining where Tony is, not letting it check through and giving the whole world a free card, which, you know, there's a bunch of cards that are bad for him, clearly. Yeah. Um, which is just basically aces, queens, kings, and queens. But still. And, right. and cards he doesn't, he tar, cards he can't see are also bad for him. Like maybe Tony has two fives and a five yeah. thumbs, and he gets to sort of avoid all of that um, and define things. I think it's not bad. I think it's totally reasonable to check here too. Don't get me wrong, but I, you know, in the World Series where we just came back from, I did a fair amount of dunking strong in World Series events and found it was very effective. Not on like, boards like this though, when you had a hand like two jacks, right? Um, let me think. No, no, I usually would check two jacks. Because yeah. my hand's like a little bit too... The reason why this is questionable for Antonio, this brings up what you said, is like if he gets action, it's tough. As opposed to when you're docking strong, you don't mind the action. Right. Right? It's like I have so a So he set. has like a somewhat strong hand, but it feels not strong enough. Right. right. I, I think I prefer checking. Okay. The, the other side of it is that, you know, as Antonio, maybe we feel like we can just like read people well enough, these two guys, that like we can make really good decisions later in the hand. And so it's fine. I guess. So there's that, too. I, I imagine that's mostly true about Antonio. Right. I don't know if it's always true, but certainly mostly. I mean, look, a standard spot here would be to check for sure, a standard line. And it, there's a reason why it's standard. It yeah. can't be bad. It's fine to check here. I think it's not terrible to, to bet either, though. I think it's really fine to bet. Right. I mean, if he's donking his jacks, he also needs to be donking pretty much all of his tens and his nine highs that are like the, the open-enders, I think. I mean, he needs to donk some of his tens. Some of his overpairs, which is really just going to be jacks, right? He's never going to show up almost ever with aces, kings, and queens. Right. Think, from the small blind especially. Um, so, so this is like his best one pair hand, right? This is his best, his best non-ten hand. Like I, don't, I just don't know if he's supposed to have any one pair hands here. 
I mean, you wouldn't expect it, although he could be docking a hand like Ace-8 also for similar reasons to docking jacks. It's, I mean, it's different, but there's only a few hands that are That feels like the better. type of hand an amateur would dunk. I agree. But the thing is, you're Antonio, and the idea is, like, we're not betting just for information, right? Like, we have to be able to, we have to decide to know that we're inducing certain things and play accordingly. Right. Like, that has, it has to be a much more sophisticated thing. I mean, I really love the idea of a donking range in general on boards like this, which are boards which are likely to check through when you have the kind of range which fits well with the board and right, it's better than some of your opponents. People don't tend to do it with hands like jacks for the reasons that it's like, of course. well, you can get yourself in a really bad spot. Yeah, I mean, like, if Phil has aces, the thing is this, is Phil really going to raise an overpair when, when we donk on this board? If we are known to donk a lot of hands like jacks, then he might. As long as we're also donking tens, though, yeah. is Phil re- and Phil's seen us do it, can he really ever raise aces here? I don't think, it's not a good Does move. Does it matter, though, that he can't raise aces? I mean, we're giving him money when he has aces anyway. Well, my point is then it's not a problem to donk. When I mean, it's a problem if we can get bluffed, and it's a problem if we're going to put in way too much money when he might be not raising aces and raising all his other things. No, I understand. And then we don't want to get bluffed, and it's like, oh, he's always beating us when he's raising, but we don't want to get bluffed. But now instead of we can knock out some of the hands that might be better than us that, that might be raising us, right? So now we're down to he's much more polarized, and we can make better decisions. We're, gonna not, we're not going to knock out hands. I'm saying like if, if we bet here... Then ace, we think it's unlikely aces are going to raise, right? Cool. So if, if he doesn't raise, we can keep betting or we can check and let aces bet. It's all the same, right? It doesn't matter if, if Phil has aces or, or queens or kings. It's the same amount of money is probably going to go in no matter who bets. On all the right, next, next question. Yeah. What are we looking to get called by? Right. Is that really what we're doing? Are we just trying to make Phil lose his mind or are we actually trying to get called by worse hands? That's a really good question and an important question. It's hard to, I mean, Phil, I assume, is going to call with any pair. Right. I mean, he's going to call with an underpair to the eight? Yeah. Phil's definitely going to call with two sevens at least once. It's Phil. He's, he's all ego and stuff like that. He would have bet that anyway, though. Um, maybe not. I mean, there's so many bad cards on the turn for that hand. There are. If it checks to him, you think he's going to check two sevens? I don't know what he's going to do, honestly. I don't know. I think Phil's going to call with like ace-king and ace-queen on the flop, too, honestly, and overs in general. I really do. So that, once. He'll that call kind once. of takes away a lot of the value of what you were talking about earlier. You liked oh, the dog yeah. partially because you thought Phil would fold those sometimes. No, I never said that. No, not, I, would, I never talked about denying equity. No. You totally did. You, you were saying, like, we want, we, there's so many bad cards for us. Like, that's essentially oh, means no, no, denying no. equity. It's, it's not to, no, it's to charge the equity. Okay. It's different. It's different. I mean, denying equity is fine, too. Don't get me wrong. But it's, it's, a, it's, but no, it's about charging the equity. So, like, like, Phil might very well check back ace queen on this flop and get yeah. a free card, but we get to charge him for it. And so, if he folds, cool. If he, if he pays, cool. It's fine. Okay. That's my, that's my thought. All right. Fair enough. Those are pretty similar, though. I mean, they're different, but they're, they're in the same general ballpark, right? Those two ideas. Charging and denying equity. I mean, they're sort, of, they're sort of hand in hand. They're brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we're looking to get called by what, then? Um, one pair of hands. All okay. one pair of hands that are worse than ours and some ace highs and some king highs and stuff like that. I think Phil's calling frequency with two sevens here is the same as his betting frequency if we check to him. I don't know if I agree with that, but I wouldn't surprise me at all if Phil checked once. Um, to see what happened. If it checks through again on the turn, he could bet. Yeah. But um, so I don't know. I'm saying there's some serious problems with this dunk. Okay. I don't disagree. There's definitely some problems. Right. Okay. That's enough of that. Okay. Great. Yeah. We went pretty deep into that. <laughs> That's the breakdown. That's what yeah. we do. Yeah. Right. Okay. So Tony folds. He has 9-6 of hearts. 10-10-8 board. Rainbow. 
So before we talk about what Phil does, because Phil has ace high and he's not going to be folding right now. I'm going to tell you that much. Yeah. Or else this wouldn't be a breakdown. But before we do that, let's talk a little bit about Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. Oh, I like it. Yes. Of course you do. I it's, do. It's an excellent poker site. It's a Bitcoin-only poker site, which has some real advantages, Grant. What are some of those advantages? Well, the biggest one, Grant, is the speed at which you can both deposit and withdraw the monies. Well, so really you mean the withdraw, because that's what people really care about. People care about that, but when yeah. you want to play, you want to be able to you get your play money when, on there right Yeah, you away. don't want to wait a day. Yeah, and in play. fact, I actually talked to a guy who does sports betting on Nitrogen. This is at the World Series. He was sitting next to me. And he was saying one of the things he loves about it is that he makes a bet, and when he wins, he takes it off right away, and he actually doesn't keep the money in his nitrogen account. Yeah, because it's easy to do. Right. You just pop it off, and then you can put it back on almost you know, within a few minutes. It's back on there, so it's just no big deal. And we're deal. talking about these fast withdrawals. We're, we're also going to tell you that's a lot of withdrawals you can make. Like, for example, this guy, if he makes a lot of sports bets, he can withdraw as many times as he wants with no extra fees or anything oh, like yeah. that. He can withdraw any amount that he wants. You can, you can withdraw 100 Bitcoin. Yeah, if you want to, uh, you know, a quarter of a million dollars. Right. Bitcoin, yeah. But clear. it's the same. It's the same situation as withdrawing one Bitcoin. Right. It's all all very fast. As many times as you want. It's right. great. Yeah. They do not care. Their, their software is set up. So there's no like approval process the way it is with everybody else. It doesn't go through anything. You've got your account. You ship it to yourself. You do all like it's just you doing it. That's it. It's really cool. It is really cool. And it's also really good software. It's nice, easy mm-hmm. to use software. It's housed in the browser. So you don't have to download anything. The sign-up details are very simple. It's just a username and a password. Use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up to get access to Poker Guys free rolls and our sit-and-goes that we play in and we stream on Twitch. Yep. All those things. Do it. Use the link in the description. We'll see you on Nitro. We'll definitely see you there. Okay. All right. So back to the action. Coming back. Antonio has just donked Jack Jack on a 10-10-8 board. Tony G has folded. <laughs> it is now on Phil Helmu. The Poker Brass. He has a six. It's What's pretty, he gonna do? He's gonna fold, right? Here, pretty easy play. Yeah, he's just gonna fold. I mean, I think you're probably supposed to fold mostly. Yeah, that's not what Phil does. Nope. Phil decides. You know what, Antonio? Screw you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, that's, that's is what exactly right. I, see, this goes to my earlier point that Phil was trying to establish dominance in the game, and I think this is evidence of that as mm-hmm. well. Uh, he decides to raise. Yeah. Antonio bet 4,400. Phil with. Essentially a no equity hand against Antonio's range, unless Antonio has nine higher jack high, which is possible. Okay, sure. Phil decides to raise to fourteen thousand four hundred. Big yeah. race. This is going to work really well against an amateur. Yep, and uh, that's Phil's really good against amateurs, right? Yeah, that's his whole thing. That's his whole thing. But he knows who Antonio is. Is this a good idea? I mean, let me say this: if you're going to make this raise, you better be prepared to tell a story. Yeah. Not just this raise, because you wouldn't expect... I mean, if you're Phil, you're assuming Antonio either has like a good eight or a draw, right? That's what, that's what amateurs are going to have here. But and, why would you assume that about Antonio? Well, I mean, if we thought Antonio had a 10, we wouldn't do it, right? So and we're not putting Antonio on jacks. So like, that's what I think Phil's attacking an eight or a draw. I think that's what he's doing, but I think it's a mistake to assume Antonio's range is the same as an amateur's. I agree with you completely, but since we're Phil and this is clearly what we're doing, yeah. we, need, we have to be committed to telling more than a, a multi-street story here, not just right now. Because if this doesn't work yet, it doesn't mean it won't work later on. We have to be willing to fire the turn at least if we're going to do this. Right. As long as we're willing to fire the turn, I, I, you know, assuming what cards come out. Like if, right. if all the straight draws come in, we don't have to fire the turn. Yeah. But... Um, but otherwise, I think we should be firing a lot of turns here because I doubt we can't really expect Antonio's going to fold just to a raise here unless he has complete air. It's a big raise. Yeah. So there's that. But, and it's a paired board, so maybe you fold your open enders. It really feels like Phil is just trying to charge the draws right now. 
It does feel like that. So let's talk about some of the problems with this race. Okay. Problem number one. In a traditional good player sense, we are immediately repping a razor-thin range. That is full show. Because you're saying Phil's probably not going to raise aces, right? I don't think he is. Yeah. So he has a 10 or better? And probably good 10s. Not so, just like any 10. Like I think that's enough of a problem to make this, in a vacuum, a bad play. Agreed. Yeah. Unless we almost never do it. If we almost never do it... Now, I mean, it's a very particular situation where Antonio's donked into us also. Yeah. But if we... You know, if all the times, if, if we're rarely, rarely raising in this spot, then it's okay. But I don't know if that's the case either. Yeah. So I think in a vacuum, this might be a mistake. Yeah. Be, for a couple of reasons. The main reason being that we're repping such a thin range and we clearly have a no equity hand. I mean, honestly, Phil isn't even really repping very many tens. Isn't he more repping eights? Like he's hoping Antonio like has full. a friend. Yeah. Has a friend. Has a fr- <laughs> hoping Antonio has a friend. Because he's like, Antonio, you seem like a nice guy. I hope you have at least one friend. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, why not? Um, you know, hoping Antonio has a 10. Because why would you really raise, like, let's say you have ace 10 here. Would you really raise it? You're raising it hoping Antonio has the case 10? Maybe, but Phil's known for trapping. Yeah. Sometimes he'll raise his big hands right away. Don't get me wrong. True, he will. But he also will slow play his big hands sometimes. And... I just don't know, man. This feels like, one, he's repping a razor-thin range, and two, he's got to be playing that range this way. It's even a little more thin now. And I think on top of all of that, he's making the mistake of assuming an amateur range for Antonio. Mm-hmm. So I think there's some problems with this race. Mm-hmm. So he did it, though. It's done. It's done. So that thing where we said we thought Phil did cool stuff, throw that in the trash. No, it's later. It's coming. Well, throw it in the <laughs> damn trash. It was a lie. Okay. All you do is spoil things. Just try not spoiling the future. Can you do it once? Can you not spoil hand one time? It's like our first day back in Portland, and we're going here. We're starting. We're yeah, starting with this yeah. stuff. I think we are. I think we are. We're gonna fight. <laughs> I'm ready. I we, got. I got my. We fists. didn't. Fi- we didn't fight the got, whole time we were in Vegas. I got Billy. That's my left hand, and Johnson. That's my right hand. Billy Johnson. You know, you the one two. You guys can't see Jonathan, but when he said his left hand, he lifted his right hand, and when he said his. <laughs> Right hand, he lifted his left hand. That is true. <laughs> that, that is accurate. That's really what happened. Wow. Yeah. Because I was thinking about it from your point of view. <laughs> <laughs> That's strange. It's a strange thing to do. It doesn't really help. It doesn't no. change what hand is left we or right either. We didn't get with each other the whole time we were in Vegas. We were in Vegas for like three weeks, and we, we never had like a fight. And now, yeah. uh, on the podcast, in front of all the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Try not giving away everything in a hand, maybe, one time. I don't know. Maybe we don't have to fight so much anymore. The, I don't know. You're the worst. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Everyone so, thinks that. Phil makes it 14400 and it goes back to Antonio. Can't fold yet. I mean, it's absurd to fold here. Like, right. we have jacks. We if cannot we, fold if this If we bet hand. fold jacks here, it's atrocious. Betting fold, bet folding jacks is what amateurs do, for yeah. sure. So, Antonio is going to show us that he's not an amateur, at least, and never fold this very strong hand in this spot. Right, but... To my point earlier about the donk being scary, now he's in a scary spot, even because he can't fold, right? Because you can't let yourself get bluffed once you've donked with this hand. Of course. But all of Phil's value is beating you now, so you're just having to hero. I agree. Phil's, we wouldn't expect Phil to raise ace-eight. Or two nines. Or two nines. Maybe once in a blue moon, Phil does weird decisions. Phil does make some weird races he does. sometimes. So maybe actually we but, even think, like, maybe we can be at a little bit of his value right now. It's not like exactly value, value, though, from Phil's perspective when he raises those hands. He's, like, protecting with I don't know. Hands. If Phil has two nines, he may think Antonio's, in his mind, maybe he thinks Antonio's never raising or betting, donking a 10, so he can raise two nines for value, something stupid like that. I don't know. Phil I, blocks maybe. the straight draws when he's got nines also, except for yeah. Queen Jack. So maybe you're like, you know, you have an eight, you got to pay. You know, it's also feel like defining the hand and getting raising for information and ridiculous things like that. Old school dumb shit. Either way, can't stuff. F- dumb stuff. <laughs> I said dumb stuff. Dumb stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, can't fold when you're Antonio in this. No, spot. no, no folding. And uh, if he saw Phil's hand, he would know that would be a bad idea. Yeah, because Phil has a six. 
She's like really bad hand. Yeah. <laughs> Antonio has a much So Antonio hand. does call, and that seems like the only option for Antonio. Only thing you can do here. We, we bet. We got raised. It's possibly induced. We may lose a big pot now, but whatever. We, we might lose, lose a big we pot might anyway. lose a much bigger pot than we would have, but that's, that's what we decided to do. Okay, we have jacks. You know, we, we, we underrepped them, so now we're, you know, we're still underrepped. Yeah. All right, so pot's now 35,400. Got big. Yeah. Turn is a three of spades. Never should change anything. And uh, brings a second spade, though. Yeah. So now Antonio has some combo draws, I guess. Uh, very few. Yeah. I mean, two. Yeah. Maybe he has, maybe queen, three. Maybe three. He has queen jack. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. he can have queen jack. Right. I don't know if he's calling queen jack when he gets raised, though. Does that have enough equity? I think they, he might think the implied odds are enough that he can call once. Perhaps. They're, like, pretty deep. Yeah. All right. So three of spades. And Antonio decides to check, playing in flow now. Good idea. Right. And uh, Phil's going to keep his story up. He's going to bet 17000 I like this. I mean, I mean I, he's, this is a small bet, though. He's betting half the pot. Yeah. Okay. I guess. But the last, it's just weird because the last bet was 14-4, right? And now, now we're betting 17. I actually kind of like it. It's kind of like saying, okay, so you have a one-pair type hand usually, Antonio, and I want to keep you around with my 10. Um. It's also it's saying that maybe, but it's also saying like, hey, draws, you don't get free shots, right? Like, right, like the draws should not be calling even this half pot bet now. I think um, probably not. Right? Yeah, on a, on a paired board. Yeah, on a paired. Yeah, agreed. agreed. Right. They, so you can called. you can tell the draws to screw off, and yeah. you can sit, and you can also kind of rep a ten or eights full pretty well by saying, hey, just I know I know you have one pair, but you gotta you gotta stick around for this size, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's kind of a nice bet actually by Phil. I like this. I like this bet a lot. Right. And uh but now it's back in Antonio and he's still pretty weirdly underrepped, I think, from Phil's perspective in Antonio's mind, right? I mean, if Antonio doesn't have a ten, this would be the next best hand you could ever imagine him having, right? Right. I yeah. guess he could have pocket eights once in a while, but whatever. Well, that would be better than a ten. Right. So next best is the wrong way. It doesn't matter. No, I'm saying uh, okay, fine. I made it that way. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Um so uh, you think Antonio can fold now? I don't think he should fold. I don't think he should fold either. I mean I know what Phil has, so it's easier to say that. Yeah. But if Antonio knew what Phil had, he'd probably agree with me. Uh, <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> um, no, it's crazy to fold now because Phil could still be trying to charge draws. Phil could have draws himself. Phil could have, I don't know, some weird value hands that are still not great. Like Phil could still have two nines and be trying to tra- charge draws, although he blocks draws. Yeah. But, um, but maybe, you know, the queen jacks of the world charging them. I think for Antonio, what we're hoping for is we call and it goes check, check on the river and we get to win most of the time. That would be great. That would be ideal. That'd be great. Yeah. So Antonio does call. You just have to. Seems don't rudimentary. You? Yeah. All right. So the pot is now big, sixty nine thousand four hundred dollars. Yeah. And the river is inconsequential. It's a five of diamonds. Yeah, bricked right out, didn't it? So Antonio should be pretty happy, but also kind of sad because, as we said, Phil's been repping a better hand than Jacks the whole way. Yes, he has. So Antonio checks. That's good. Yeah. And uh, now, now this is some stuff that happens that we think Phil does well. Mm-hmm. Right. And. It's interesting because Phil's a weird guy and he does weird stuff. And I think he thinks it gives him an edge. And in this pot, it might have. And usually we see him talk and it doesn't work out that well. You know what I mean? I mean, all you do is spoil the hand. I don't understand why you do it. Why not just say what happened and then people can learn what happened? We're instead learning. Instead of like telling them what's going to happen already. Not, I don't I, understand. <laughs> I'm just giving a little context that we don't usually like when Phil talks. Yeah. All right. So Phil takes a long time before making a decision on the river once Antonio checks to him. And he says, wow, sorry I'm taking so long, guys. Yeah, that was pretty cool. He, the way he says wow, he looks at his hand and says, wow. 
like almost like actually now, even though I know he said he couldn't do this, almost like he has aces. Like, yeah. wow, what am I supposed to do with this very strong hand in this weird spot now? Like, you what know? is who? Nobody does this, right? This is just weird. It's weird with a yeah. six. It's really weird, right? But it's weird with any hand, obviously. Yeah. He hasn't uh, even he had, acted yet. He's not, it's not like he's making a decision based on a bet that an opponent made and deciding whether or not to call and talking it through. He's, right. He hasn't acted yet. Yeah. It's unusual. It's, but, it's weird. But this is, this is kind of good talk, like you're saying. It feels like, like what you're saying. Like, should I even bet this hand? Yeah, but this, it's a really good hand, you know? Yeah. Like, my hand is, is pretty strong here, but let me think about this, too. Let me not just, like, auto, just throw the chips in here. Let's really think. It's great. I really like it. Yeah. It gets better. So then he bets 22,000. Okay, that's an interesting size. It's really small. 22 into 69,400. I mean, wow. Less than a third of the pot. That kind of fits with his talk as saying like, okay, I don't know if this is a really good hand, but can I get value is kind of what he's trying to say. And then he bets really small to make sure he can get value, right? It's doing a bunch of things. It also, Antonio's of course going to fold all his draws. I don't know if we care because we do have... We beat his draws. We beat beat his draws anyway, so I guess it's fine. But it does feel like, uh, man, it just... Oh, it's a really cool sizing as as long as you're not up against the mathy players who are just like, well, I just have to call. Okay, so quick question before we get into the whole Phil Hamuth praising land okay. here. What are we targeting? What are we trying to get to fold here that we think Antonio shows up with? Ace-8. Ace-8. We think he has Ace-8. We probably don't think he has Jacks. Do we think we can no. get him to fold a 10 ever? No. No. Never. We never. We're not trying. If we're, we can't try and get him to fold a 10. Yeah, we I don't think, think so. If Antonio has a 10, it's just going to be like, this sucks, I call. Right. Yeah. Or not even this sucks, but I call. Like, yeah. you got it, you got it, kid. Like, congratulations. It's only 22K more. Great. I'm not going to lose my whole stack. I'm thrilled to not lose my whole stack with Trip 10. Yeah. I think Phil is probably making the mistake of putting Antonio on an eight. I think you're right. Yeah. And, and this is what he's trying to do. He's trying to target an eight and say, like, maybe I play aces like this sometimes. Yeah. Or yeah. just a better hand than an eight. Like, I'm, I'm like, my, all my value is obviously crushing an eight. For sure. And right. Even the thing when I say, wow, in my bet sizing, that continues. Honestly, we, I said on the flop, he's going to have to tell a consistent story and maybe a multi-street story. He's doing it. Yeah. I'll give him that. Right. Like, I don't like the raise on the flop, but if you're going to raise, you've got to do these kinds of things, and he's doing it pretty well. Yeah, I agree. 22,000, such a small bet. I know. It's, it really looks like a please call me bet. I mean, Antonio called like 18K on the turn, right? Yeah. Wow. So, we, I mean, we give Phil a bunch of crap all the time. <coughs> Excuse me. Had a little cough there. We give Phil a bunch of crap all the time, but he is willing to do stuff like this that a lot of players aren't. When, when they're bluffing, they size it small, giving a good price when they think that's going to be more effective than sizing it bigger. It feels so much more natural to size it big when you're bluffing. I mean, we've often critiqued Phil for doing this very thing, like against Yuha Helpy, where he bets so small on the river or on the turn or whatever it was as a bluff, and it's like Yuha's like, well, I just have to Right. I mean, I think it might just kind of be a broken clocks right twice a day type of thing here. So much for praising Phil. (laughs) But what I'm trying to say, I'm not necessarily praising the play itself, but the willingness to try to do it this way to say this is how I play my strong value, so I better uh, play other hands this way too. Right. Even though it's kind of scary to bet so small with a terrible hand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting. Yeah. That he bets so small with such a bad hand, where he, your instinct has got to generally be, I got to bet more, right? Like, right. I got to blow this guy off his freaking eight. I can't make it easy for him with the eight. I got to bet, you know, forty two thousand dollars here. Yeah. I bet forty two thousand dollars. Not so easy to call with an eight, right? Based on this line. Yeah. But no, I'm betting 22 because I might bet 22 with aces. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It's cool. But uh, there's more. There's more. And it changes the range story a little bit, what happens next. But we do, I think, like what Phil does here also because once, yeah. once Phil makes that whole speech and then bets tiny, Antonio says, you should get an Academy Award for that one. 
And then Antonio asks, Ace 10? He thinks, like, Phil has Ace 10 here. And uh, Phil immediately responds, nope. Yeah, and he does it in, this, in the way that people do it when they have a full house. When they're right. like, no, 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 I don't have trip 10s. I've got, I've got, nope. So they, I mean, yeah, I've definitely seen that plenty of times playing live poker. They I always have it. Right? I often ask a player, like, I had something like that. I, I put them on a hand that's a very strong hand and is usually a hand that beats me. And when they quickly and confidently say, nope, it's like, oh, you have an even better hand than right. that, I guess. Right, yeah. right. Like, you're, you're wrong. Ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. Like, actually, I have quads. You know, uh, like, yeah, like, yeah like, like, when you see amateurs doing this, they say nope and they think they're like weakening their range. Right. Like saying, no, I don't even have ace 10. You can knock that out. But what they're doing is strengthening their range. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think Phil did a great job with that. Oh, man. It's like, now if you're Antonio, after all that, yeah. you're sitting there with Jax and you're like, these are no good, man. Right. How are these good? And he, he folds. He finds a fold. And he's getting a crazy price, by the way. What's, how much is in the pot? 91000 oh, It's 22 man. to win 91 Oh. Oh. We just don't have to be right very often 4. at 4.3 to 1. So one out of every 5.3 times we have to be right to break even on this. Yeah. Wow. So like 18% of the time or something. Yeah. And still we find a fold as Antonio. I think, and I really think Antonio probably was going to find a crying call without this verbal stuff that Phil does. I believe. Is it right to fold? Like, maybe he's right even though he's wrong in this instance. Is Phil actually showing up with a bluff that frequently? I don't know the answer to that. I mean, it's it tough. Really, Phil, Phil loses his mind a lot, but this is the first hand, right? right. So Phil, like, hasn't been tilted yet. No, <laughs> not, I mean, if Phil's tilted, you have to call. Of, of course. course. Of course. Um, but Phil isn't tilted. No. So he's doing this differently, and I think that may be why he gets the speech stuff so right on, why he yeah. nails the speech stuff. Tony G hasn't needled him yet. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Nothing's happened yet. And so Phil's just like doing fine and probably has it. I mean, he probably has it. The question is, does he always have it? That's the question. Not does he sometimes have it. We know he sometimes has it. Does right. he always have it here? I mean, obviously he doesn't always have it because he doesn't have it this time. No, but I mean from Antonio's right. point of view, does he have it more than, you know, 84% of the time? I, that's a tough one. I think it's really close. I think so, too. I mean, the one thing I would wonder about is Phil saying nope like that. I think you could, well, on one level, it's awesome. But on another level, as Antonio might think, like, why is Phil doing that? Yeah. Like, that's weird, right? Phil knows not to, Phil knows what that means when he says nope that quickly, right? Well, then it's just a leveling war, I suppose. Right, right, right. But the fact is, that means there's a chance, though, that he's leveling. And if he's leveling, that means he's bluffing. Right. Right. So that's why I'm saying, like, he's that's a a weird data point to throw at me. Yeah. Uh, Like, an amateur saying that means he's always got it. Phil's seen this talk, you know, a million times and knows exactly what that means and knows not to say that. Right. Like, if you and I, Grant, are playing heads up in a, a big spot and I have, you know, a full house and you say, you got trips? And I said, nope, really quick. I would never say nope to you. Depends on the leveling war. It does. But, um, but without us being already involved in a deep verbal leveling war, I would just keep my damn mouth shut. Yeah. I'd give you less data, not more. Right. And I wouldn't want you to think, oh, what, you know, there's like you could talk yourself into it either way for sure. But now there's a chance it's the other way. That's all That's I'm saying. That's possible. It might just be that Antonio so rarely would see this type of behavior from a pro mm. that he goes into autopilot right away when, when it occurs. It's possible. Because you don't, you don't expect to bet to like, get bet into by a pro and then ask him a question and he answers the way an amateur would answer. Also, the whole, like, look at your cards, wow, I need a second here. Yeah. And Antonio says you, you know, get an Academy Award for that. And there's yeah. something to that. Like, if Phil was bluffing, you just wouldn't expect him to do all that. Right. Like, histrionics. Histrionics? Histrionics? Yeah. 
Histrionics? I believe it's histrionics. Well, let's go with that. Let's go with I'm that. I'm sure someone's going to tweet about how right you are. All right, cool. All right, so there's. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about one more thing that could be valuable for Antonio calling here. Great. Which might make me lean towards calling, actually. We're talking about Phil's tilt factor, right? What if Antonio wins? It might be worth more than the actual price he's getting because if you get Phil on tilt and he reloads, that's free money for the table. That's a great point. Yeah. Here's another thing that's a little... I mean, I think this is unlikely, but bear with me for a second, okay? Because yeah. I, I think you're going to immediately shoot me down. Is it possible that Phil has a worse value hand here? Specifically two nines. I think it's possible, but unlikely. Like Phil with... bet's so small on the river... He can be. He looks like he's trying to get value out of specifically an eight. It's unlikely because of his speeches. The first speech, though, actually could fit into the story of two nines. Right, but not the second one. No, not the second one, and also not the raise on the flop. Yep. Those are the things that don't fit. But if he lost his mind a little bit, as he is wont to do, he might decide to try and get super thin value with nines here on the river. He bets small to get called by an eight. I don't know. I, could, I, might, I might feel like I have to leave that value. There's only three combos of it, but that value combo or that group of combos in there, as a possibility at least. There's six combos of nines. Well, oh, that's right. There's no nine on the board. I'm yeah. so used to taking away half the combos because right. they have a set. But no, you're right. It's just six combos. But even so, that's compared to all the other things, that's going to be a very small percentage, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Compared to all the stuff that's beating us. Like all the other values beating us pretty clearly. Like Phil's, not doing the, Phil's never do playing ace-eight like this, no. right? And probably not nines either. Probably not. I would hope Phil would just call nines on the flop and plan on calling down a lot. You know, Right. So even if we have to be right 84% of the time at the time, though, I think we can be, or, yeah, 84%, right? Uh, it's a no, we have less. To, it's like 82%. Uh, so. Yeah, we have, uh, we have to be right less. We have to be right 18% of the time. Right, right. Yeah, what, I thought you meant, yeah, from yeah. Phil's point of view. It's the other, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so from Antonio's point of view, we have to be right 18% of the time, which is not very big. But maybe it's really more like 10 or 12% of the time because of the value of Phil blasting <laughs> off on a reload if he loses this hand. And this, by the way, goes back to your original concern about Antonio donking the flop. Yeah. Right? Like, he didn't get blown off the hand on the flop, but actually that would have been better now because we yeah. put in a lot more money and then folded. Right. Now, I think Antonio's, like, trying to use all of his great reads, which are strong. He's very good at that. Right, to, like, make perfect decisions, and he probably thinks he's making a perfect decision here, and he probably often is. Yeah. But this time he isn't. And if he doesn't donk, it's going to be really hard for Phil to win this board. Yeah, so he's going to go check call, and then Phil's probably going to give up, or he's not even going to bet the flop. I don't know if Phil's going to bet the flop. If Phil isn't, it doesn't matter. It's going to be really, really hard. Phil's going to have to make some really creative bluff later, and it's going to have to work. I don't know if it's going to. Yeah. It's really hard to imagine Antonio not winning if he checks instead of bets the flop. So, yep. wow, that's a big deal. It is a big deal. Usually amateurs let themselves get blown off the hand right away. Antonio held on for a while and decided he got enough information. Right. Um, but Phil did a good job. Like, I got to believe Antonio would have called without the table talk. I think, I think he would. I think he would have hated it and called. Phil did like a little Wiley Coyote, like paint, like, you know, a, like road and a sunset and all yeah. that, like on the big rock, rock face and like try and get the roadrunner to run, run into it. But then, then and normally Wiley a Coyote runs into it. <laughs> but this good, time it worked. Good point. Antonio ran right into it. Yeah. Beep, beep. Beep, beep, beep. MFR. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, yeah. good job, Phil. 
He did a good job with the table talk. He did a great job with the table talk. We we don't like the flop play by Phil, but we like everything else. Agreed. I guess pre-flop isn't great either, but whatever. That's fine. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And I guess we're done. Okay. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.